Welcome to Fate's Rest. We're going to do a little bit different today. We're going to do a little bit of a uh, one-on-one. -on -one. And today we have a Yulby. Last time, our adventurers found themselves in a uh, run-down farmhouse. And uh, they had located a cellar. For which our uh, good wizard boy Zug walked down first. Following close behind are Yulby and Callie. When you walk into this cellar, this smell of fresh baked bread fills the air. Like, this is probably the most delicious bread you've ever smelt. It just came out the oven smell. Oh man, Yulby's in love. <laughs> but you look around, and neither of your friends are here. Well. And this includes Alder. Shit. <laughs> um... I look back up, because we went down into the cellar, so there should be a back up. So, uh, when you look back, give me a perception. Oh, goody. Well, at least it's not daytime. So that... You're also inside, so it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. come away. I always think about it. It's going to be a dirty 20. When you look back... You'll notice that uh, the stairs you came down from are no longer there. And instead, you're looking out through these, uh, it's open, it's like almost like a saloon type door, open saloon mm -hmm. type door, out into uh, the f what looks like a farm. It looks like an old farm. And you're inside the ranch house of this farm. You know, I probably conked my head on the floor while I was walking down those steps. Uh, so I guess I'm dreaming. Might as well, uh, explore. Uh, it's got bread, so there's that. Uh, I'll go explore the farmhouse, please and thanks. As, as you explore, you wander into the kitchen, and, uh, sitting on the table are two loaves of fresh baked bread. Uh, one is just basic bread. Mm -hmm. And the other one is cinnamon raisin bread. Cinnamon raisin bread is a lie! <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, she'll look about, but... Uh, it's just like your standard kitchen, right? Like stove and all that fun stuff. Is anybody in here? From what you can see, no. Yulby's just going to be like, hello? As you call out, you hear a slight clatter in the uh, the pantry area back in the back side of this kitchen. And it's a couple of, uh, it looks like uh, pot lids and stuff fall. And this uh, this little little tiny old lady, she, she has a, um, she has like a, a pile of uh, baking supplies in one arm. And it looks like a very large cudgel in the other, and she's using it as a walking stick. And she comes out of this pantry. And she's just, when you look at her, she's this little frail, old human woman. She has uh, thinning white hair, and just very grandmotherly look to her, to her, to her, to her face. She's kind of hunched over a little mm -hmm. bit. The thing that stands out, though, is that she's wearing half uh, a full set of half plate armor. Huh. I 
feel like Yubi would have started to go over to go help her out, but seeing the armor, she's like, ah, oh, she's a tough grandma, and she'll kind of like smirk a little bit. I was like, ah, yeah, this is the kind of dream that <laughs> seems appropriate, though I imagine if I were to meet my own grandmother, she would look like me, but I have no idea. And then she'll look puzzled for a minute. Now, does Yubi say all that out loud or is it in her head? Oh, she'll say it out loud. I mean, it's her dream. She's going to think it's <laughs> in her head. <laughs> this, this old woman, she sees Yubi and it doesn't. she doesn't even think twice. She says, Little one, I'm, I'm everyone's grandmother. Uh, go ahead, help yourself to the food. And she just slowly makes her way over to the counter next to the stove and sets down all the baking utensils. Oh, sweet. And then Yobi will uh, go take a seat at a chair. When she sits down, there's a loud clank because of her armor. Her legs are kind of like spread out. It's definitely not ladylike one bit. She'll look around to see if there's a knife to carve the bread. Oh yeah, there's there's a couple bread knives and some butter and all the different types of fixings you would want for just just the basic breakfast breads. Oh, Yobi doesn't jam and all kinds. She of stuff. doesn't do all the fixings on bread. She's gonna cut it in half and then start munching down on the plain bread. The raisin bread's questionable. It's got bits in it and <laughs> don't know what those bits are. I was like, well, thank you. Uh. Do I just call you Grandma? That seems about right. Then continues munching. You could always call me Rosemary, too. That is my name. Oh, so Grandma Rosemary. I got it. I've heard of that. It's like a spice. <laughs> and she kind of she kind of laughs a little bit. And she spreads out these the, the baking utensils across the different supplies and stuff across the counter. And, uh, there's bananas and pecans and walnuts and all different types of uh, flowers and there's some eggs, all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. She she sets it all there and then walks over to the table and takes the seat next to next to Yubi. So what you doing? Do you need any help with something? Oh, I'm just making some banana nut bread. That's right. It's all right. You young ones get should should rest when you have a chance. Well, it's always nice to slow down every now and then. Yeah, there is that. Pretty sure I conked my head, so that's why I'm in this weird dream. And she'll like use her free hand to like rub her forehead just to like see if that pain's there and then she's like hmm there's no pain here but it is a dream so that might be harder to feel <laughs> well you I can tell you this you did not did not conk your head she'll even look further stumped continuing to snack on this bread still and this 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 frail old lady, she smiles, this very big smile, and she says, "I can see why my boy Jack likes you." Jack? I'm like I don't remember Jack. 
He has this thing, a penchant for luck. Tends to, uh... Tends to favor those who ignore him. Oh! But that's neither here nor there. Are you talking about that... That, uh... What's this? God fellow? What? Uh, uh, I don't need him. That was the same thing the other guy told me when I was back at the arena. Still don't need him. And that there is why he likes you. You don't gain the favor of the gods by asking for it. That's just... that's just... arrogance. <laughs> the gods favor those who don't need them. Hmm. I... So what about the people that do need them, but like actually actually need them like I don't know there's that uh, the, the orphans in the street sometimes they need somebody around and sometimes they ask the gods but man they're all on their own and sure I can help them out and help out the lady when cause that's what all she wants uh, but I can't do all her work for her No, no one ever asks anyone to. But what... The gods favor those who don't need them. Because those who don't need them are the ones who help the ones who do need us. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. Normally I would ask one of my friends, but... Uh... They're not here. Your friends are, let's say, preoccupied. Especially that wizard boy. He's got... He's got a wild night ahead of him. Oh! I guess he got too much ale earlier. And she, like, brightens up at the mention of ale. It's like, mmm, that sounds fantastic. And she kind of taps her cudgel on the ground and a couple glasses of uh, some really fine ale appear on the on the table. Oh. Oh, this is the best kind of magic. And she'll happily take the glass. You're not tricky like the other guy was, are you? Now, why would the goddess of home and hearth be tricky? I don't know. I've heard mothers could be tricky. But I'm not just a mother. I'm a grandmother. That means you'd be the trickiest of all because they're grand. We also like to spoil our (laughs) children. Uh, Alright. She'll she'll have the ale anyway. (laughs) She's going to have it either way. She had to think about it, because last time they had ill both, uh, Zug and Cal... Uh, I was like, it's Tally or Cali. Neko has two characters. <laughs> Cali. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I know there's a Tally and I know there's a Cali. And I was like, oh, I want to forget and switch them out all the time now. Because uh, they both uh, had doubts about the last time they 
had access to drinking. The, f- the smile begins to fade from Rosemary's face. And she says, now for the reason I brought you here. And she takes three boxes and sets them on the table. Mm-hmm. Each one's a different color. There's a blue one, a red one, and a green one. And so these are the souls of three people that you know. And you are going to be tested. You have a choice to make. Of these three souls here, you can pick one to be returned. The other two go on to where they need to be. Why do I need to pick one and the other two... Where does the one go and where does the two go? Well, I guess where they need to be. The one you pick is returned to its body. Oh. The other two go on to the next, their next existence. We don't like to go into detail on where the next existence is because every soul is different. And it goes somewhere different each time. That makes sense. I'm not going to tell you which one is which. You just have to pick. I will tell you who they are. She starts to explain. This is the first. Is a soul from one of your friends from the arena. Mm-hmm. It was a, uh, a an older woman who took you under her wing and mentored you. She was put into a coma uh, during your final fight in the arena. Another is a... Hmm, how do I explain this one? This one is a sister from your... Your, your training days in the, in, I guess, I guess it's a nunnery. I don't, I don't know how, how, how my daughter there works her, her stuff. She's, the lady is a very odd one of us. She shrugs, the lady calls it what the lady calls it. And the other is someone you met recently. This is a a young a young tiefling boy. Oh, she'll frown at that one specifically. I was like, well, do I have to pick the young tiefling boy? Now, why would you pick that one? He hasn't lived his life as long as the other two. He should experience more of it before passing. And she says, well, that that's the one you're going to pick. And you just need to pick which box it's in. I'm not going to tell you which one. Then left, to, to Yulby's perspective, the left box is red, the middle box is blue, and the right box is green. She'll stare at the boxes... And like 
Hums it really hard as she like tries to concentrate and figure out which one she thinks the tiefling kid is in. Yeah, I just I, I can see her brows furrowed as she like. <laughs> Take your time. It's quite all right to be to be sure as to what you want to pick this is a very tough decision it is a very tough decision I... the other two will be alright they're strong enough this, this one he needs to he needs to learn and grow and do all the things but I think she points to the red box. That one calls to me. And Rosemary will will smile a little bit. And she says, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Are you following your heart or your head? She'll think about it for a minute. I don't know how either one could be followed because they're in your body. She kind of chuckles a little bit. It's like, well, you ever had one of those those feelings that your gut's just telling you to do something and you just do it? Yeah, that's right here. And she'll, like, clunk on her tummy. Your heart and head tell you have those kind of feelings every now and then, too. Yeah, yeah, that red box. That's what the gut says. The gut says the red box. And Rosemary puts her hand on the red box, and the other two open, as they were empty. And she says, this, this was a good test. You thought about who you wanted to pick, and you picked the one who has the most chance to live a longer life or a most chance to still live their life and that shows that you'll you choose the innocent over those who can save themselves and then she takes her hand off the box and it opens and it, and it shows that it was empty and she says she smiles a little bit and now this was just a test I don't actually deal in souls. There's a, a certain, a certain little canine of justice that does that. I do not do that. However, choosing those who, choosing to help those who can't help themselves, choosing to let those who can fend for themselves do so before helping them these are traits that the gods will always watch and when we find people like you and believe it or not your friends too mm -hmm. when we find them we watch them we wait because they were always we never interfere or at least we try not to interfere, I should say. We normally don't even make ourselves known that we're watching. But you, we sense something different in you. We've been trying to 
to get, I guess it's table time, and she kind of taps the table with a smile with you, and Jack says you're a strong-willed person. The lady says you are very helpful and very kind. And I can see that you are a very honest, innocent person. You'll be will kind of grin. She's like, I knew you were a tricky one. <laughs> but she seems very pleased about it. Just kind of like, ah, yes, good. This is this is a good grandma. This is a good friend. She'll offer some of the bread, like cut it up to the gram, cut it up to hand a smaller piece to the grandma, just because she's smaller. And she takes the bread. She says, "Thank you." It's Patrick. Pat's Yulby's head. You're very welcome. Enjoy your rest. Eat your bread. Eat your fill. Well, I don't need too much beyond this. If you're watching, you know how much bread I eat. <laughs> and there is something in the stables you should go check before you leave. Let's say... I'm not going to say it's a favor, but it's more of a, of a gift. She'll raise her eyebrow. Well, as long as it's not a favor, I don't mind helping you out. I don't need to accept anything. This bread's, bread and ale is good enough. I'm happy. We shared a, a meal at a table. Even though I believe most people don't think bread is a meal, but I think it's pretty darn good on its own. It can be eaten as a meal. Uh, those who say it's not tend to don't or tend to not eat bread very often. It's like the best thing. She'll seem puzzled for a minute. Uh, but I could go ahead to the stables. Will I find my friends there too? Or are they going to still be busy and I have to catch up with them later? You'll find your friends in time. Okay. What's in the stables though, I think will help you and your friends later. And she stands up and goes over to where all of her supplies were laying on the counter and begins to uh, mix them together to make the banana nut bread. She'll watch her for a minute. I'm like, do you need any help with the banana bread? Banana? Banana nut? How do you get nuts from bananas? <laughs> it's not nuts from bananas. You take a banana. You take bananas. Mm -hmm. You take pecans and walnuts. Mm. You mix them into the dough. Well, that sounds easy enough. And she 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 calls she she motions for her to come over. Like, come here and I'll show well, you. You'll be able to go over and help cook. Figure out this recipe for banana bread. So over the next couple of, uh, I'm gonna say it's like a little baking montage of her showing. Mm -hmm. And uh, about an hour or so, and I'm gonna need you to roll an in hmm, intelligence check. <laughs> Just straight up it. Yep. Straight oh it. no! Good luck, you'll be. <laughs> I 
Hoo-hoo! That's not bad. That's going to be a 15 because of that negative 2 modifier. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> no, it was a 17. This is okay. So as you're, as you two are working side by side, you begin to, uh, you get, Yulby gets to get, gets the hang of this and she starts, uh, without being instructed, she starts kneading the dough and, uh, about, and after it's set in the pan and put into the oven, when it comes out of the oven, they don't, it doesn't hurt. Yulby's loaf doesn't look the best, Mm -hmm. but it is edible. And it is very good tasting. It just it hurt. Whereas Rosemary's is nice and straight. It looks like a perfect loaf. Mm-hmm. Yulby's is kind of like you can tell it's her first time making it. Like it's all lopsided yeah. and it's one size higher than the other. Mm-hmm. Oh no, Yulby's super proud of it. She like presents it like after they take it out the pan and it's a loaf. And it's like, huh? I did it. And now Yulby knows how to make banana nut bread. Oh yeah, and she figures she can make just normal bread without including the bananas and nuts, so she's set. <laughs> she is the bread maker. Oh man. Her retirement is set. <laughs> She'll ask to see if she can bring the bread back to her friends. Uh, well, of course. Take as much as you want. Oh no, she'll just take her loaf. She doesn't need all of it. Just, just She's not greedy. She'll wrap it up in, like, I don't know, a handkerchief or whatever thing to do it in. Tuck it into her pack. She actually hands you a banana leaf. Uh, one of the big banana leaves. yeah. And shows you how to wrap it. Sweet. I also learned wrapping skills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise, after she wraps it up, and she'll say her goodbyes. Or at least goodbye for now as she goes check out the stables. Maybe she'll come back uh, if she's still working in the kitchen. So you go out the doors that you came in, the little double saloon mm-hmm. doors that you think you came in anyway, and off to the left of the farmhouse is the stables. And it looks like it's big enough to maybe hold two horses and maybe a cow at nighttime. Oh, neat. Are there any horses? Not a very big place. It's just No, it's empty. Or there's no animals in it, I should say. Does it smell like it should have animals? Yeah. Okay. It's a stable. <laughs> I was just wondering because we we went to the farmhouse and it was a very empty farmhouse. Just wondering if it smelt of fresh animal or just outside. <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll walk over there. Her her proud walk. Just go check out whatever this thing is. So when you get inside here, I'm wanting to need a either a perception check or an investigation check. Either one doesn't matter which one. Uh, well, considering you'll be, she's just going to use her eyeballs because, man, investigations. Oh no, that's gonna be a nine. A nine. So, as you're looking around this stable, you don't really see anything out of the ordinary for a stable. You haven't really, probably haven't really seen many of these. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't. Nothing looks out of the ordinary. It just looks like, oh, there's a pile of hay over there. Uh, there's areas where the horses are supposed to be. There's some feed troughs. Mm-hmm. 
and off to uh, one side, buried underneath a pile of hay, there is this, it's like a glint, the moonlight, like where the, the, the twilight moonlight has begun to like shine off of this thing that's glinting underneath the uh, hay. She'll look around a little puzzled about whatever this thing it's not a gift in Yulby's mind, but something helpful for her, her, her and her friends, and because it's for her friends, she will accept. Um, but she'll go check out the thing that glinted, just out of curiosity. Maybe she'll see whatever she's supposed to pick up over here in a minute or two. So when you get close to this thing, uh, it doesn't look very big. And it's this buried in in the hay here. There is a, it's it's almost like a pin whistle. It's not much bigger than the length of a finger, maybe a little bit longer. And it's it's platinum plated, mm-hmm. and it's got the little uh, a sign of a like a little swirl on the side of it. She'll pick it up and turn it over in her hands. You like, I think I've seen one of these before. And out of fun, she'll blow on the whistle just to see what happens. Alright, so when you blow on the whistle, not a sound comes from it. However, you will hear behind you the sounds of hoofs tapping on the ground. Oh, she'll stand up and spin on her toes just because she wasn't expecting somebody right behind her and that was alarming. <laughs> and so there is a thing with this whistle. Mm-hmm. Now, when you turn around, there is a beautiful warhorse standing behind you. Now this warhorse is going to look how Yulby would imagine her steed to look. Because that's how these whistles work. Interesting. I feel like Yulby would be looking at like a blindingly white horse. Blindingly white yeah, horse? Yeah, just... It just very clean... I know how white horses look, and sometimes they can look dirty, but this is, like, super clean, pristine, like, you would... Like a clean version of Shadowfax? I don't know what that is. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, that's a Lord of the Rings reference. I was like, I don't... uh, I've missed it. I didn't pay attention to the name of the horses to these things. Uh, But, uh, yeah, just... What she would imagine, like, someone high up and classy and noble would have as a horse, just because she always thought, maybe ever seeing them walk on the side of the street or have, like, them show off or whatever, it'd be, like, a nice, fancy white horse. Alright, so what you're looking at. Now, war horses for D&D are normally described as Clydesdales. So what you're Mm -hmm. looking at is a platinum blonde Clydesdale with a mane that is so white that it almost looks like wisps of air. Or of cloud, technically. Neat. She'll be surprised 
and then kind of smile, kind of just like, Oh, it's a horse! I was wondering when one of these would appear. Uh, she'll, like, look around to see if somebody, like, was riding the horse, because, it, what, they're in full blown, uh, war horse? There's, like, armor and stuff on it, right? Yes. It's this. It's the same color as the, the whistle. It's this platinum plate horse armor. Mm. Yeah, she'll look around for a rider because well, where else did this horse come from? Couldn't have been from my whistle, right? <laughs> Rose, as she's looking around, Rosemary walks into the, the stables and she says, This is yours. This is a spirit war horse from the old war. These were given to the Celestials as they fought uh, to help them get around and fight against the Dark Fae. Oh. He can be named whatever you want him to be. As And you, to summon him, all you have to do is blow that whistle. Oh. Well, thank you. That's very handy. Sure, look at the horse. Mm-hmm's and thought I will name him Banana Nut. Very proud. <laughs> <laughs> Rosemary chuckles and she comes up and pats the horse. That's a good name. Well, you'll be... I don't think you'll be dealt with too many horses. Like, probably a few times in the arena, but, like, never enough to establish in a relationship with one, for sure. Uh, so she's kind of more hesitant to approach, like, she she won't try and show that too much, but she's definitely, like, taking her time coming up to it, because if I remember Clydesdales, they're pretty big horses. They're very big horses. And, uh, she, she's <laughs> rather small herself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, still around the five-foot range. Honestly, this horse probably... St- Stands at shoulder height, almost taller than. Yep, that's what I thought. Uh, and as she approaches, does she have like her hand out to try to touch him? Yeah, like after she's like a few more steps closer, she'll like put her hand out, like what she's remembering from what other people have done with horses. Like, yeah, yes, this is this is the normal hand greeting for horses. I know what I'm doing. And your your warhorse here, banana nut, kind of uh, nuzzles his no his snout into your hand. Oh yes, we'll get along just fine, banana nut. She'll grin and he whinnies, <laughs> and uh, and after a few seconds, he kind of uh, fades away into a puff of smoke. Huh. Rosemary turns to walk out of the barn. And she says, I think your friends will be waiting for you. Oh, back in the kitchen or somewhere else? Oh, she'll follow. And as you walk out the door, you now step in off the bottom step into the cellar. And that is where we will stop. Oh, sweet. Now I have to I have the mystery of where my friends are and I hope I see them all in the cellar soon. <laughs> and so Yobi has her warhorse 
What's a paladin without a warhorse? Well, I don't know. Warhorseless paladin? Now I have one. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be excited. She's got bread and a warhorse to show her friends. The door closes as Grandmother Rosemary returns to her kitchen. Standing in her kitchen are four more figures. At the table where Yulvi and Rosemary sat to eat the bread is a man in a hooded cloak playing cards. Over by where the bread was made uh, is a man in a jester's costume as he ties an apron behind his back. Um, not far from there is a woman in all white petting a two-headed tiger. Rosemary sees them and says, Oh, so you've decided to join me. It would have been nice to have you all here while she was here. The man putting the apron on. <laughs> well... It's, uh, not good for us all to meet her at once. It might overwhelm her. And to be frank, the woman of white says, um, she is one of mine, and yet I have yet to see her face to face. I'm just not that kind of person. They chit-chat for a bit, and the man in the hooded cloak speaks up over his cards as well. I think our champion is ready for her real test. Let's just hope her friends are up for theirs. And he pulls back his hood and reveals a very familiar man with copper skin and platinum blonde hair. And he smiles and he says, It's not like the world is ending or anything and grins the scene fades to black alright well, thank you all once again for uh, tuning in and listening to our little sh- story here don't forget to give us a rating on whatever podcatcher you are listening on and if you feel so inclined come join us in any of our social medias Facebook, Instagram, Discord, whatever. There'll be a link in the uh, description of the episode. As always, any music or sound effects used in the episode is credited in the description. Topic of the day. Our gods. In your stories, what are some unique and powerful gods that your players have encountered? Let us know. And as always, this is Tex, your DM, signing off.